Do you find yourself in a place where you are disappointed, stressed out, fatigued, full of anxiety? Maybe life is not going as planned. Maybe the elections and all of the political and big tech stuff has gotten you a little stressed out. I would like to dive into this episode of King's Code Radio and discuss what might really be going on. What's going on, guys? Hope you're doing well. Welcome to this episode of King's Code Radio, where we are a movement of men rising up as kings, kings unto the king of kings, and doing what God has put us on this earth to do, leading people to greatness along the way and producing much fruit. So what I want to do in this episode is, you know, a lot of stuff has, I think, been revealed um, in just this past recent week. So we now uh, have uh, a new president. um, And I know there's people that are debating what that really means, what that really looks like. You have two extreme sides. And regardless of your political view, I want to talk to you today about uh, what you are doing with what you may be feeling right now. Uh, maybe you are feeling anxious. Maybe you're extremely frustrated, disappointed, and possibly even worried about what this means for Christians. Um, because as you've seen, and this goes beyond anything of, of President Trump and things of that nature, but uh, it, it, big tech has shown itself to not be necessarily uh, friendly towards Christians and conservatives. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go into uh, a message that I delivered just a few days ago at my church. Uh, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I think this is a very timely message. The feedback that I've gotten from many people is this is something that you need to hear, and it is very timely. So we're going to dive in, and I'll see you at the end. Maybe you can relate um, this week, the countless, uh, and really you're probably doing yourself a favor for those of you that have gotten off social media altogether, (laughs) but maybe you've, you've experienced the endless posts and comments of people really being dismayed, being disappointed, being, um, not happy. Uh, based on the elections and political and big tech and all of that kind of stuff. And there's been endless, I mean, I've seen endless posts about this. And that's really where we need to start being very careful what is going on inside of us. If we're not, we're going to allow those things to kind of take a hold. And we're going to start allowing anxiety, fear, disappointment, all those things to get in the way And then we kind of stop relying on the Lord. We kind of stop hearing the Lord because we're too busy being consumed by the stupid stuff and opinions floating around. So we got to be careful about that. And I'm encouraged because if you go to, and you don't have to turn there, but 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. He's looking. He's looking back and forth, back and forth, looking. And say, I want to show myself strong on that person, or that person, that person. And he's not going to do it if we're too busy going, oh God, what's happened? Where were you? What happened? Because there was a bunch of people questioning, where was God in all of this? Starting to waver. Whoa, what's going on? And God's looking. Looking. So today I want to talk to you about 
the Apostle Paul. And if you would, go ahead and turn to Acts 28. Paul is a man that has definitely uh, had his share of trials and tribulations and a great example of somebody who decided to continually walk by faith and not by sight. Leading up to what we're about to read, basically, Paul at the point in time was a prisoner. And it was common during this time uh, to put prisoners on uh, merchant ships. So it would be a combination of supplies and oats and wheat and all that kind of stuff and prisoners. And in this particular case, uh, Paul had to go to, um, to Rome to, to go on trial. And so they, he was on multiple ships and a whole bunch of different things has taken place. If you read in, in chapter 27, which we're not going to, but if you read in chapter 27, Paul even says, Men, I perceive something bad's going to happen. Something bad, and not just to the boat, but I think to us too. And the stuff continues, and an angel of the Lord appears and says, No, no, you, you have to go to Rome. And so it gets to the point where the waves start getting bad. The waves are moving and grooving. It's not good. And they're, they're contemplating, okay, what can we throw off? What can we do? Should we kill the prisoners to lighten the load and hopefully we can survive this thing? That's what the soldiers are thinking. But Paul was given favor. And the ship ends up starting to come apart. And long story short, they survive. And they make it to an island. And that's where we're going to pick up in chapter 28, starting with verse 1. And it says... And when they were escaped, and then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came out a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw this venomous beast hanging on the hand, they said amongst themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. Now let me stop right there, and, and we'll kind of explain what's going on. I love this part because you understand that Paul has been a prisoner, and if there's probably a time to, I would imagine, complain, Man, I'm trying to do the work of the Lord here, and now I'm in prison. That's not supposed to be how it ends up, right? Opportunities, but you never see him complain. Shipwrecked now. He's cold, he's tired, and it's still rainy, it's still cold. But God provides a people, a barbarous people, to say, you know what? And they were nice to him, which is awesome. And they're building a fire. But this shows the character of who Paul was. Instead of him saying, you know, I'm just going to sit back and play the victim card for a moment. Uh, let me help you help me. And I'm going to start gathering up sticks. And he's doing that. And as he does that, then puts the sticks on the fire. The heat causes a viper to launch out and bite him on the hand. This, in my studies, led me to YouTube. Because I thought, I'm not the biggest animal lover, but do vipers latch on like that? Or do they strike and then, and then wait? You know? And just, I'm no animal expert, disclaimer. But from what I could find, on the smaller rodents and things of that nature, vipers would, they latch out and they would latch on and insert the venom 
wrap around usually, and then have a feast. But then I found other videos. When it was a larger animal that these vipers would go after, there was one I saw, this viper man, whoosh, bigger, big, weird, ugly bird thing, and, and, and then it just sat there and watched the bird die. <laughs> and I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Because this viper that latches on to Paul doesn't just strike out of whether it's fear or defense or, or just plain mean. He latches on so the whole world can see, wraps around, and then the barbarous people go, <gasps> see, he escaped the sea, but they believed in many gods. And vengeance, and maybe some of your translations say justice, was one of the pagan gods that they, that they served, they worshiped, they believed in. And they thought, oh, he escaped the sea, but he must have done something to deserve this because he escaped the sea, but vengeance, oh man, vengeance is coming for him. He must be a murderer. And vengeance is going to kill him. And if there's not an opportunity to question who you are in the Lord, it's in that time when you are reminded of something of your past. Because Paul was a murderer. He was a Christian killer. And if you start thinking about this, man, all these things are added up against me. I just keep trying to do the right thing. I just keep trying to do what God's calling me to do. And yet now I have a viper, not just inserted poison into me, but it's latched on and not letting go. And now I have a group of people not coming to my aid, but standing back waiting for me to die and accusing me of being something that I used to be. If you don't know who you are in the Lord in that moment, you might be in trouble. But it shows that Paul, and, I, and I, I firmly believe this, Paul went away for a number of years. A lot of people think as soon as Paul or Saul converted to Paul, uh, he just immediately started doing stuff. He didn't. He went away. And that was a foundational time for him. He dealt with his past. He found out who his Redeemer was. And that's why in this moment, he knew the God that he served, that he was, the, he served the God of the impossible. He understood that the God in which he served is the same God that took Gideon and said, you know what? Your army is too big. I'm going to whittle you down from 32,000. I'm going to whittle you down to 300. So you can go fight against 135,000 soldiers because he is the God of the impossible and he won. It's the same God that said, I'm going to take a boy, a sling, and a rock, and I'm going to kill a giant that my armies can't seem to defeat because he is the God of the impossible. This is the same God that says, you know what? I'm just going to tell you to do something really weird, and I will be the one to cause the walls of Jericho to fall because he is the God of the impossible. He is the same God that says, I will open up the seas and do this impossible thing to allow my people through and then close it up on the enemy. Because he is the God of the impossible. He is the same God that raises the dead. He is the same God that opens the eyes of the blind. He is the same God that heals and casts out demons, raises it and raises himself up from the dead while he was at it. He is the God of the impossible. And that is the God in which Paul served. The problem that I find with a lot of people 
um, that seem to sometimes waver and stagger a little bit in their faith is they don't understand that God is also the God of the two lates. Yeah, exactly. People are like, what does he mean by that? (laughs) Because he's also the same God that took a woman named Sarah, who was too old and his womb was closed up, and said, it's too late to have a baby. It's impossible, really. It's just too late. And God says, no, you, you forgot who I am. We could take Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right, God, uh, you know, we said we're going to stand for you, and they are walking us to the fire. Now would be the time to deliver us, please. We are getting closer to the furnace. Lord, God of the last minute, okay, they're getting closer. The soldiers taking us just died. God, okay. And then they're in the furnace. And God says, you know what? It looks too late, but I'll be the fourth man in that furnace. But it was too late in all human reasoning. God, you know what? Man, I get thrown into this den of lions, but it would really make sense you deliver me before I get thrown in there. It's kind of too late now, isn't it? But even though it seems too late, God still says, you know, I'll close up the lion's mouth. How about that? Or what about Mary and Martha? Martha always had a habit of saying what was on her mind. Brother's dead. Go get Jesus. Jesus takes his sweet time. When Jesus finally gets there, days late. If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And you waited more days. You, you, you could have come a little sooner. It's too late. My brother's dead. And Jesus said, oh, take me to him. No, no, no. He stinketh. She was not expecting a miracle at all. No, 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 it's too late. He stinks. (laughs) Do not open up that that cave there. (laughs) And now Paul's faced with the thing of, I've got a viper on my hand. It's too late. It's already inserted its poison into me. It's got to be too late. But you see, the too late is really just based on our opinion. It's just based on an opinion. The word viper means cunning, malignant, and wicked men. Malignant is not a word I use in my vocabulary very often, so I thought I should probably look that up. And it says, tending to produce death, a man of extreme enmity and evil intentions. And if we're not seeing that today... Evil, cunning, malignant men. I mean, it's all around now. And the thing that I find exciting is that the viper didn't let go. The viper made sure it was seen by everyone around. And I don't think the viper would have come out if there hadn't been the fire. If there hadn't been the heat. The heat said, whoa, made the viper uncomfortable and exposed himself. 
And I think if there's any time, but now big tech, the government, everything has started to expose itself for what they really are. And that's why we pick up in verse 5 and it says, Paul shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. How be it? They looked when he should have swollen and fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, they saw no harm come to him and they changed their mind. And they said, oh, well, he's a god. Paul had a choice. He could go by what he was seeing and probably physically feeling. Or he could say, no, no, but God gave me a promise. I know I have somewhere I have to be, so this cannot be the end. If Paul hadn't been bit, that would have been a missed opportunity for God to show himself strong in that moment. Because here you got these tribes people that have probably experienced death because of those vipers. They were expecting a swollen dead guy because they probably experienced that before. They were probably like, remember Frank? He swelled up real good before he died. <laughs> Frank is very much a tribal name too, but I'm sure. <laughs> They miss Frank. <laughs> but God is the God of what it would appear to be too late. And that's why it's so important to understand that, that Paul knew who he was. And that's why it's so important that we know who we are. And we are the ones that God's looking show myself strong and him and her and her and him and him. Boom. But the thing is, it's really hard to sometimes show yourself strong if there's nothing to show yourself strong to. How's the saying go? You can't have a victory without a battle. But yet we say, why is there this battle? God, are you faithful? Why is there this battle? Because I want to show myself strong. I also find it pretty cool that um, since scientifically proven and they did a bunch of tests to try to find uh, antivenom for vipers and, and rattlesnakes and things of that nature and they would try different, different things they tried like horses, they tried blood of horses and things and, and nothing would work but they found that the blood of lambs have an antibody in them that will actually attack venom So if there's never a time to rejoice, it's that you have been covered by the Lamb of God, whose the venom cannot harm you. Because we understand that we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So when the time comes and you feel like, hey, I've been bit by the viper and I've allowed myself to get distracted, I've allowed myself to become fearful, I've allowed myself to become dismayed, what you have to do is say, I believe God, and just shake it off. Kill that thing. Don't entertain that thing. It is no time to do that. And even so, when people start questioning words of God and the promises of God and even his word, and oh, but this bad thing wouldn't have happened if this thing had been true. Really? 
Read your Bible more. A few weeks ago, the word of the Lord came to this body and said, Behold, the wealthy place. God gave you that promise that he was taking you to the wealthy place, fully knowing who would be president. God's not going, ooh, I shouldn't have said that. God is bigger than all of that. And regardless what happens next week, next month, next year, God is still on the throne. He is still faithful, and he is the one that has covered you. So don't lose sight of that. Behold the wealthy place. And the really cool thing is when the vipers come along, you have been given a promise, multiple promises in the word of God. Multiple promises. Like, for example, behold, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the powers of the enemy. Nothing, nothing. Hear that? Nothing by any means shall harm you. But what about that one thing? No, nothing. So if there's ever a time where we have been, where we're seeing the, the cunning, malignant, deceitful, evil, hateful things, sure, we're seeing it now, and I think it will continue to be exposed. But the Word of God does give a piece of advice that I want to leave you with today. Matthew 10, 16 says, Behold, I'm sorry, I read the wrong one. There it is. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents, but innocent as doves. So it's our job not to be stupid. It's our job to be wise, to be strategic, to be uh, aware, but never in a compromised way. To be innocent as well. Galatians 6, uh, 9 says, Do not grow weary in well-doing. And may we be the people that never, ever grow weary being like Jesus. Worship team, come on back up. If you find yourself today in a place where you have allowed circumstances to dictate how you feel, but you have allowed circumstances and political things to sway you, to cause you to start walking in any type of fear. You might say, well, it's just a little bit of fear. Well, that's too much. Because that will start to contaminate your faith. And it might not expose itself right away, but it will. Eventually. So we must be the people that say, you know what, I will shake it off. I will continue to be in the Word. I will continue to seek the Lord. I will continue to rejoice in the Lord and know that He is good. And He is not thrown off by who's president and who's not president. He is not thrown off. He has a plan. He's working it out. And He will continue to expose the works of the devil. We will stand for truth. And we will stand for righteousness. And we will walk in love every step of the way. But we will. We're not afraid to war, are we? We're not. Let's all stand. Whether you feel like you've allowed any kind of fear, anxiety in your life, or you feel like, you know what, I feel like stuff's too late. Maybe it's something totally not even related to politics. Maybe it's, I feel like I have missed it. 
It's too late for me to walk in my calling. It's too late for me to do the things God's called me to do. It's too late. I've messed up too many times. Maybe you feel like you've disqualified yourself from the promise. If that's you, I want you to come to the line and just be honest before the Lord today and, and really ultimately look at that thing and shake it off. So this thing is not going to have a hold on me anymore because you serve the God of the two lates, God of the impossible. Why on earth would you want to give up that moment and not take that before him and allow him to fix, to restore, to heal, to redeem? So if that's you, I'm going to ask to be honest and come to the line and allow the Lord to minister to you. Father, we thank you for your word, God. Lord, we thank you that you are still on the throne and not, not thrown off even a little. Lord, we repent of making it about what our opinions are. Lord, we yield to you, the King of glory. And we will trust you every step of the way. In your precious and holy name, amen. If there's something that you need to give to the Lord, surrender to the Lord, deal with, and ask that you do that as we continue to worship the Lord today. For he is good. Amen. All right, guys, I hope you found that to be encouraging, a good reminder, some good food for thought. It is no time to be going by sight. It is time to be walking by faith. It does not matter what things look like. We can take confidence in knowing that God is revealing truth and that serpent is revealing itself and you are covered by the blood of Jesus. What a privilege. So until next time, guys, God bless. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. If it is something that uh, has resonated with you, you know, people that might appreciate this, uh, feel free to share this podcast. I would also greatly appreciate you rate this podcast. Give me a, a review on iTunes, on wherever you're listening to this. That helps me out to know what you like, what you don't like, and how we can continue to um, make this podcast something of great value to you. All right, guys, God bless, and we'll talk to you in the next episode.